All right, we are now recording. All right, you okay. Guys ready? Yeah. Can I have one of those cards? <laughs> Thank you. In three. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Keeping It RE. It's Hawaiian Shirt Day, at least for Chad. Coming to you live from our favorite happy hour and lunch spot in Tyson's Earls. Hey, everybody. This is Chad Arnold. It's not necessarily a Hawaiian shirt, but thank you, Paul, for noticing. I appreciate it. Paige is here with us. Hey, guys. How's it going? So today we wanted to talk about a few points going on in the market. Um, Paige, what are we... What do we got on the agenda for today? Well, so first we definitely want to kick this off by starting out um, talking about Amazon and how they are no longer going to Long Island City. So what do you guys think about that? Wow, that's a, that's a, a big piece of news for sure. I mean, you can't turn on the television without it on there. I think that, um, you know, I think from what I've heard and what I've read, New York City just created an environment where Amazon did not want to be part of it. You know, they, they didn't want to move their headquarters there. They didn't want to work there. Um, they weren't accepting them with open, open arms, which, you know, I think everybody thinks that knows that Amazon loves to be doted on. Right. So when uh, New York City didn't do it, they, they took their ball and went home. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? That's a good, good way to put it. Uh, you know, the big question now is where do those employees go? Where do those 25,000 employees go? Do they come to Virginia? Do they go to Nashville? Do they stay put? Uh, what happens? I mean, obviously, this is going to be continuing news on and on and on, as it's been over the last 12, 15, 18 months. Um, but it is a story. I think the most interesting piece to this, at least from a, uh, a local level, is you have companies like Facebook and Google doing real estate transactions in Northern Virginia right now, and nobody's talking about it. Right. Nobody has any idea that Facebook and Google and Blackboard right. are doing things in Northern Virginia right now. Meanwhile, everybody's talking about Amazon. Right. 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 Well, they're the the biggest, arguably one of the most powerful companies in the world right now. So, you know, they, they do attract a lot of media attention. Um, that's a good question about where that half of the HQ2 requirement was going to go. And, you know, you can't help but to ask, did it really require two cities? Right. You know, I mean, did did they have to split it? Did they have a need for two locations? Maybe not. I mean, from our contacts here in Arlington, um, it doesn't sound like they're looking to move everybody here. Well, so with that being said, do you actually think they are going to place everything here in Crystal City? Or do you think they're going to spread it out? I don't know. Amazon says that they don't... Uh, have any plans to increase the presence here but they did reiterate that they are still coming here that that nothing for Arlington has changed which is a good thing so I don't know it's a, I think anybody's guess is as good as mine or yours right. or Paul's it's to be seen yeah right. thing, things aren't holding up in uh, in Arlington at all news has been released that uh, Amazon is going to be housing up to 1500 people in a WeWork location in Roslyn between now and the time that HQ2 opens up. So it's for real, it's happening, it's coming quick. Uh, they need butts and seats, and uh, it'll just be a matter of time to understand whether it's the requirement is actually 25,000 people or whether it's actually 50. Right, yeah. I think I think the, the, the main point here is 
I do believe that Amazon would have moved forward with New York, with Long Island City, if it weren't for the the the, uh, the difficult environment, politics. That, the, the politics mm-hmm. that they created yeah. up there. Um, it's just it's it's a different state to work in than Virginia, and I think that made it difficult for Amazon, and they just decided that it, it wasn't worth the trouble and passed. So, right. Enough about Amazon. Yeah. Well, moving on from Amazon, um, obviously there's a lot of things going on in the market, but most importantly, along with what you guys do every single day, what's your approach to representing a tenant in today's commercial real estate climate? Um, Paul, I'll let you start with that one. <laughs> Paul or Chad. <laughs> yeah, happy, happy to talk about that. You know, it's a different market today than it was 18, 24 months ago. Things are changing. Um, companies are growing and expanding, but requiring less physical office space. So how do you adapt to that? How do you make something like that happen? How do you achieve uh, a favorable office lease in, in a climate where it's very competitive for space? You know, two years ago, if you took a 25,000 square foot block of space, there were a lot of options in, in Tyson's Corner, for instance. Now, it's not the case, and the spaces that are available are being competed by multiple companies. So how do you get strategic? How do you, uh, how do you achieve it? And, and prices are rising as well. So, um, Chad? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it is definitely a different environment than it was two years ago, for sure. Um, you know, and the, the approach that we take to representing our tenant clients has changed as well. Um, it's not just about negotiating a low rental rate and a high tenant improvement allowance package anymore, which you know so many brokers still feel like is the way to approach every piece of business. You know, they, you, you, it's it's not about going in and pitching the client and selling them on why your particular company or you are the right answer. It's really understanding what that client's requirements are and taking that and figuring out how you can make a real estate transaction work for that particular client and their particular needs. Um, Sometimes lowest rental rate and highest tenant improvement allowance is not the right answer. Um, You know, the higher the tenant improvement allowance, the longer term you have to sign. So a lot of tenants don't want to sign a long-term commitment anymore because that's a huge liability. So to your point, how do you make that particular space maybe that's already built that can accommodate a shorter term lease work for that particular client sometimes it just frankly requires flexibility on the client's part but you know we've got to we've got to look at it very differently today it's a more strategic approach you mentioned we work for Amazon we work has done a great job at filling the gap for tenants that have short planning horizons if you want a six or a 12 month lease term you can't go in and build space from scratch to accommodate your needs and if you do it's not going to be anything fancy and it'll probably be in an older building that is somewhat obsolete you go into where we work there's no long-term commitment and the place is hopping i mean you know you have that vibe and it's beautiful space that doesn't necessarily work for a lot of companies, and it certainly doesn't work if you're looking for long term. But we really have to peel the layers of the onion back, and figure out what exactly the client's requirements are, what their business is about, and take it from there. Well, so with that being said, what do you guys think is the most important thing that tenants are actually looking for moving into a new space? 
I, I think, well, moving into a new space is, is kind of a different point, but I think right. when, when evaluating the entire process, I think flexibility is key, especially in this area. You know, you have the federal government here, so most of the companies are doing some sort of business with the government. There's a lot of government contractor clients here, and most of the contracts that are funding their business are on five-year contracts with the government. And most of those, the way that they're set up is one-year contracts with four one-year options. Right. So like Chad said, mm -hmm. you know, to build out an a, a amazing and beautiful brand new space, if it requires a 7, 10, 12-year lease term, maybe that doesn't work for your particular building or um, for your particular business. So how do you create that flexibility? How do you get it? How do you achieve a space that's going to work well for your company, for your brand, where you can put a flag down and say, hey, this is, this is, our new HQ without breaking the budget, with, without having to sign that incredibly long-term deal. How do you do that? I think flexibility is the most important thing when we're evaluating clients' needs and also understanding that every single client is different. Things are important to certain companies that aren't to others. And I think understanding that each strategic plan for each client is gonna be slightly or, or very different. Yeah, flexibility is huge, and you know that's that's frankly not to toot our own horn, but that's where we come in. In every transaction, there's a buyer, the tenant, and a seller, the landlord. That transaction has to work for both parties, and I think a, a lot of our our competitors don't necessarily understand that. It you really do have to finesse the deal. Um, landlords want long-term leases because they want their buildings to be financially stable. Tenants, in many cases, as Paul stated, require shorter term leases, especially in this particular market because it's so government contract heavy that we have to kind of negotiate a term that works well for our client, but at the same time makes financial sense for the seller, in this case, the landlord. So, you know, we're always fighting to get the best terms for our clients, and the key here is that it's got to work for them. But in terms of what, in addition to flexibility, what tenants are looking for, amenities are huge right now. Everybody wants to be on Metro. Uh, a lot of um, um, millennials are not driving. Right. They don't have cars. They don't want cars. They want to live in the city, walk everywhere. They don't want to own a car. They want to ride Metro. Paige, That's becoming Paige a challenge. Paige doesn't want a car so bad that she keeps wrecking her car <laughs> yeah, on right. purpose. Yeah, right. Paige tried, Paige tried to get rid of her car. <laughs> Multiple times. Didn't work. I um, want other people. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> but, you know, amenities are huge. Um, on top of Metro, you want restaurants. Um, you know, they want affordable living. They want, you know, apartment buildings maybe that are a short metro ride or walking distance to work. So these are all things, and you're seeing this as buildings um, evolve where they're starting to build. And this, this, we talk about Tyson's a lot. Tyson's is a perfect example where they're dramatically changing the landscape of Tyson's, and it is to accommodate the requirements of workers in these companies going forward. It's live, work, play, everybody in one spot. Right. What's important to you? You're new to the as a millennial. Page. As a millennial, you're a page. What's important, well, right? I you mean, know, you're, you're you know you graduated last year. This is your I first. I did, yes. Uh, career move. Recent grad, USC. Go Gamecocks. Uh, <laughs> what's um, important to you? I mean, what what gets you excited to come to work? I mean, what are the things that you're doing in the morning, afternoon, evening, that that gets you pumped to be in a, in an environment like this? 
So, Aside from us, of course. <laughs> and besides from being uh, directly next door to Earl's, which is right, also, exactly. Uh, a plus. Shout which, out, by Earl's. the way, shout out Earl's today. Great spot. Yeah. Yep, it's where we're filming today. Hosting the podcast today. Yes. Thank you, Earl's. Exactly. Um, actually, I'm glad you guys asked because that kind of leads into a different question that I was thinking about with all these amenities that everybody wants. Like, clearly, the one thing that I look forward to in a working environment is the flexibility like you guys were talking about the location everything i love like for example how we are right next to the mall like that's huge for me we've noticed (laughs) yeah but um a lot of things are taking a turn with the workplace and a lot of people now especially like my age a little bit older are working from home do you think that that's going to affect buying selling everything in our market I think it's an interesting topic, and I'm glad you bring that up. By the way, we need you in the office. Um, <laughs> so I hope this isn't a, can I start working from home? Yeah, yeah right. Um, I tried. You know, I, I, I think it works for some companies and for some people. I know I can't speak for, for, for you, but I know I can right. speak for myself, and Chad and I have had this conversation multiple times. Chad and I cannot work from home. Right. I, I do not find efficiency from doing that. I need to be in the office with the vibe, with people around, things happening. That's when I can execute and uh, and do my job at a high level. Right. I can't do it from home. My wife is different. She does very good working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you may too. But, you know, I think it's understanding the balance. It's understanding which employees excel in, with that type of flexibility, which employees... Right do not which which employees excel in the actual office and there's certain companies that it can work for and certain companies that it's detrimental to right yeah i think it's like everything else um it's what works for you yeah you being the individual employee the worker and you being the company right everybody's different i'm like paul i cannot work from home right Um, i need to be in an active environment but we also work as a team. It's very difficult that it's very difficult to work at home by yourself, and you can't just pop out of your kitchen and have a conversation with somebody right. in the office or bounce ideas off of somebody or, hey, have you experienced this in a transaction before? You know, we're we're constantly learning in this industry. Things change all the time. So having people like that at their fingertips. But there are other folks that can work from home just fine you know right. they're, they're not on the phone they're not interacting with other people they're maybe they're on email all day long that that works for them maybe they need to, they need quiet so that they can focus so I think it really as you'll see in the market just by sheer volume of space being leased says that the whole telecommuting thing mm-hmm. hasn't been as big or successful as everybody thought it would be right you know if if that was the case you wouldn't see new buildings going up all over the place and them being fully leased almost before they come out of the ground yeah we're filling these buildings up tenants are leasing space we do leases all the time Mm -hmm. for tenants to come a lot of our clients are growing they're bringing more people into the office so Mm -hmm. i think it's really on a case-by-case basis yeah gotcha well so what do you think landlords are doing to attract tenants into the market. Oh man, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, to take a little side turn off. Yeah, landlords really have to be competitive today and amenities are the key. You know, they common areas, you know, you've got game rooms, you have 
shared spaces within these buildings that are free to tenants, by the way, the large conference rooms, community areas, um, places where tenants and companies can congregate, um, get you out of the office and into an area where you don't have to go to a Starbucks, but they're bringing a Starbucks, not literally, but mm-hmm. that environment into the building. Right. And these buildings, like I said before, are evolving. It's not just four walls and where you can plop down in a seat and bang away at a keyboard all day long. They're, they're really having to get competitive with the amenities within the buildings to bring tenants in. I actually think landlords are starting to meet in the middle with telecommuting only because everybody's trying to get the best gyms. Sleep rooms now, like nap rooms, are a big thing. And a lot of people, instead of actually working from home, will go take a nap, do whatever they got to do to step away. And then go back home. And then home. come back. And then go back home. Yeah, or go back home. So do you think that that's Paul would like to be able to take a nap in the, in the yeah. office Gosh, I with a nine-month-old at home. Uh, he's seven months. Not sleeping through the night yet. I, I take a nap from midnight to 2 a.m. Then I take right. another nap from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. I get plenty of naps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the amenities are key. I also think location. I mean, if you're not on Metro, if you don't have access to public transportation mm-hmm. and you don't have the amenities, you're in real trouble. I mean, yeah. you look at a market like Reston or Tyson's or Arlington, it's very clear who the haves are yeah. and who the have-nots are. Right. It's, right. it's obvious. Right. And if you're not putting money into your building to amenitize common work areas, um, you're you're in for it and you know a few years ago people were looking for where can I get the lowest rental rate or where can I get the deal right. and now it's not as much like that that you know $34 a square foot compared to $38 a square foot isn't as important if the company or if the building is on Metro with amenities because then they can take slightly less space and the, the economics work I mean look at our office for instance I mean right. we took less space we moved to the best building in Tyson's, arguably, Tyson's Tower. Mm-hmm. We're on Metro, next to Earl's. Shout out, Earl's. Yep. <laughs> next to the mall. And, yeah. and we took uh, less space in the economics work because... That just reinforces the amenities conversation. We're a perfect example. You know, we, we downsized our space. We increased the number of heads that we put in that space, number of employees. And as much as we thought that this was going to be difficult and how can we ever squeeze into this small space, it's actually been phenomenal. It increases the buzz in the office. There's a lot of activity. You don't realize the fact that the offices are smaller, that the workstations are smaller, that the actual size is smaller. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we got a much better building and a much better location, and it, it works out great. I mean, we're, we're out of the office all the time anyway. But I think a lot of companies, back to the amenities thing, when you have the ability to get outside of the office and meet in a conference room down in a common area, that also enables companies to reduce their footprint and they don't have to pay for that space. Right. So, you know, that's that's big. Amenities, again, key. That's what the landlords are having to do today to compete and get tenants. Right. Well, you know, we're running out of time here at Earl's. They're about to open up. Thank you, Earl's, for letting us use your Thank space. You, Thank pa- you, Earl's. Thank you. Paige, final thoughts? Uh, everyone just make sure they're keeping it RE. <laughs> Stay tuned with our podcast. Put you on the spot. <laughs> check know, us out on, on check us out on iTunes podcast, SoundCloud, and on our YouTube channel. Thanks for keeping it RE. Thanks guys.